Well, certainly one of the wonderful things about God's plan for our lives is this. Uh, is that he puts us into families. And, and all of this, in a beautiful way, is a reflection of the way that God relates to us. So much of what the Bible says about God and the way that he relates to us is in the context of a family. And one of the, the unique truths of the Christian faith that you will not find anywhere else is the truth that God is our Father. And I thought for a few minutes today, having had this dedication, it would be good just to think about what that means, God as Father and for us being His children and so on. Of course, when we talk about God as Father, there's a number of uh, possible problems or dangers. For many that have been uh, brought up uh, in a Christian environment, we have heard from a child about God being Father. Uh, we learnt the prayer, Our Father in Heaven. And the danger is that this truth becomes so familiar to us that it loses its meaning. But the other danger is the opposite. Where because of maybe bad experiences, some have a very negative view of fatherhood. There are many who grow up today who have never experienced a father in the home. Or maybe there are others who have not had very good fathers. Perhaps even suffered abuse from their father. So when they hear about God as Father, they sort of react against it. Another problem is that for some, they emphasize the greatness of God so much that they say it's impossible for him to be a father. There's a well-known book that came out some years ago that's still available in the bookshops. And it's called I Dared to Call Him Father. 
համարձակվամ նրան հաշկանչել։ Մի կին, որ մահմետական մտնոլորդից էր եկած։ And uh, in a wonderful way through the help of some Christians she began to realize from the gospel that it was possible to know God as father. Her husband had been a minister in the Pakistani government. He was a military leader. Uh, through marriage difficulties they become separated and although she was very rich she was living in a, on her own many miles away from anybody but when she read the gospels and she realized that God can be known and known as father this was a, a tremendous truth for her but of course when others found out that she had become a follower of Christ they created difficulties for her and she had to because she was a well known person had to leave her home country and this is her life story I dared to call him father and it really is a wonderful truth as I read in one book it says since God is a person he can enter into personal relationships. And the closest is that of Father. God himself says, He says, if you're going to um, glory in something, don't glory in your money. Uh, don't glory in your in your strength. Don't glory in your wisdom. But glory in this. That you understand and you know me. What a wonderful privilege to be able to know God. He says in the New Testament, he says, I will walk among them. I will live among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Now when we think of the word father, there's actually four types of relationship in which it is used in the Bible. First of all, we have father and his creation. In one sense, we can say that for everyone, God is their father. 
Because God has made us. In fact, it says that in the last book of the Old Testament. Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Well, of course he has. And without the Creator Father, there will be no humanity. But it is this, of course, that gives value to us as human beings. Just as Alice was sharing at the beginning of the meeting today. Because this cuts across violation of human rights. Cuts across racial discrimination. Every human being has value and significance because God is the Creator God. And in that sense, He's the Father of all. But there's a second way in which it's used. The Father and His special people, particularly His people that we read about in the Old Testament. God had a, a, what we call a covenant relationship with his people. And uh, he said, Israel is my firstborn son. And as it says in the Psalms, uh, as a father has compassion for his children. So the Lord has compassion to those who fear him. And also God is like a mother as well. In, in Isaiah 49 it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child? so that she will no longer have compassion on the child of her womb I don't think you will find many mothers that would act like that and forget their children maybe it happens occasionally but very very rare but what does God say? Even these may forget. Even these mothers might forget. Yet I will not forget you. Now that's the kind of God that we believe in. The Father God who has a relationship with his people. Mind you, these people didn't always acknowledge him as their father. 
And unfortunately many times they left him. And God says, he says, if then, if I am a father, where is my honor? Yes, unfortunately, the people of Israel made many mistakes. And didn't really appreciate the fact that God was their father. But there's a third relationship we find in the Bible. And that's father and his son. And this, of course, is a very special relationship. Which applies to Jesus. God was his father from eternity. And it's interesting when Jesus was here on earth, he never uh, talked to God, he never said, Our Father. He says, My Father and Your Father. There was a difference in the relationship that we experience and what He experienced. His was a special one. He was the only son of God. But of course, it leads us on to the, the fourth one that's found in the Bible. And that's the relationship between father and his adopted children. And that's the wonderful relationship that all uh, believers experience. That we are referred to as children of God. Yes, the Bible says that to all who have received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right, the privilege to become children of God. Now what is so wonderful for us is that the whole basis of this relationship is God's love towards us. And it's a very special kind of love. The love that we experience in life here is so often conditional. And I remember reading this booklet that was called Three Kinds of Love. It came from Japan. It talked about the if kind of love. It's the love that will be given to us if we meet certain requirements. If you are good, Father will love you. If you give me gifts, I will love you. If you become successful, I will love you. It, it, it's all conditional. And of course, its motivation is very selfish. 
Unfortunately, many marriages break up because they are based on this kind of love. And sometimes even the love of parents to a child can be that kind of love as well. There's a number of films that have come out that have demonstrated that. In fact, I noticed that BBC showed one Friday evening quite late. It was Dead Poet Society, which is an old film now. And also there's other film on that pianist called Shine, if you remember that film. Very similar incidents in both films. In the first it was the father's love was conditional towards his son. If you do well then I will help you. And when he, when he didn't do that he was thrown out of the family. And then the father wondered why he went and committed suicide. And in the film Shine, one of the reasons why this famous pianist had so many problems was because of the way in which the father related to him. And that was a true story, of course. In the many years this person spent in a psychiatric hospital because of the way he'd been treated. But there's another type of love. This is the, um, the because kind of love. And in this love, the person is loved because of something that he is or he has. Or because of something that he or she has done. I love you because. So the man says to the woman, I love you because you are so beautiful. The woman says back to the man, I love you because you are so wealthy. I love you because you have a nice car. But of course it's conditional. Now in this tract that I read, which as I said was from Japan, the story was told of a beautiful young woman in Japan uh, who was engaged to be married. And she was working in a laundry. And one day while she was at work, the boiler that was there exploded. And the fluid that came out burnt her face, her chest, her hands. I mean, she was totally disfigured. And as soon as the fiancé heard about it, he broke off the engagement. She stayed in hospital. No one visited her. 
Not even her parents. Because the love that had been shown to that girl was a conditional love because she was beautiful. And now that that had gone, there was no reason for them to love her. Very sad. But there's another kind of love. And this one's called the in spite of love. There's no strings attached. It's not conditional. It expects nothing in return. And this is exactly the kind of love that God has shown towards us. And the word that is used in the New Testament to describe God's love is this type of love. Now I am sure that um, if I was to say to my wife, um, in spite of what you look like, I still love you. I don't think she'd react very positively. And she'd have a few things to say to me. But you know, when you look at it, you realize that this is what real love is. That many of us in our marriages, when we get married, we say things like that. But whatever the circumstances, we will stay faithful. But this is God's love to us. This is the Father of the Bible. In spite of what I am, that I'm in sin and I've done things wrong, that God is willing to accept me as I am. And I think that's one reason why Jesus told the story of the what we call the prodigal son or the lost son. You know, you can imagine the father getting up each morning, looking out the window, is he going to come today? No. He doesn't. The next day, the next day, the next day, waiting, waiting, waiting for his lost son to come. And Jesus says something that only those who come from the Middle East can understand this. The Father sees the Son coming. And what does he do? He picks up his clothes and he runs towards him. In the Middle East, in Iran, you will never see a father run. It's not the cultural thing to do. But Jesus says, this father didn't look around and think what others were saying. He went and tried to embrace his son. One reason why Jesus told that story 
Justification, of course, is a wonderful blessing. Where because we're in Christ, God declares that we are people that are acquitted, we're not guilty. And we, we are we are we are counted as righteous people. But of course, it's a legal term. It's to do with the courts. It's the context of law. And it views God as judge. But adoption is a family term. It's in the context of love. And it views God as father. See what love the father has given us, says John. That we should be called the children of God. In love, He has accepted us to be adopted as His son, sons through Jesus Christ. And there are so many wonderful passages that we're not going to read now that tell us about time after time the privilege of being adopted as the children of course that does not mean to say that everybody is automatically a child of God 
No, the Bible clearly points out that the majority are actually children of the devil. People may not like to be referred to as the children of the devil. But you see, we can only be called the children of God if we've been born into his family. Everybody through birth and through their lives, they are automatically children of the devil. But what God wants to do is to take us out of that and put us into his family where he becomes our father. So, what are the, as we draw to a close, what are the practical implications of all this? How does it relate to you and I day after day? Well, just a few points, simple points. First of all, security. That's the first effect, the first blessing of God being our Father. There is absolute security in the family of God. Whatever might have been our experience here on earth, particularly if it's been a negative experience, He is a good Father. And it is under this relationship of Father that the New Testament brings out those very tender aspects of God's character. His love, His watchful care of us, His faithfulness. And when Jesus was training the twelve disciples, Uh, he used the illustration of an earthly father and the the relationship between that father and his children so he says if someone asks his father for bread that father is not going to give the child a stone And if the child asks for fish, Jesus says the father is not going to give a serpent. And then Jesus moved up a level to talk about his father. How much more will your heavenly father? Give good gifts to those who ask him. He knows our situation. He knows our needs. And as Jesus says, if we seek him first in his in, in our lives. And, and allow him to be father and lord of our lives. He will provide those things that we need. 
In other words, he is a father that can really be trusted. And so this truth of adoption becomes the whole basis for our Christian life and experience. So first of all, security. Secondly, respect. Under this relationship of God being Father, the New Testament brings out the responsibility that we have of showing reverence to God. That trust, that loving obedience that a children owes to a father. I think perhaps one of the dangers for us as believers is because some of us are so used to talking about God as Father. That if we're not careful, we perhaps can forget that we need to reverence, we need to respect Him. That's what happened to the people of Israel. Israel They said, no, oh, it doesn't, doesn't matter how we, how we live. You know, we're the people of God. He's with us, he's just here with us now. He'll, he'll help us. And God spoke to them. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off? In other words, am I just here to try to help meet your needs? Am I not, am I not also the God who is there in heaven? And of course, that's the reason why Jesus in, in what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is not the Lord's Prayer, but the disciples' prayer. What does he say, the first words? Our Father, who is in heaven. Ah, now that's the two things together. Yes, he is our Father. He's with us and we're with him. But he is still the Almighty God who is up there. So the next part of the prayer, what does it say? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, reverence is needed, humility is needed. He wants us to respect him and to honor him. Thirdly, the word discipline, punishment. Now, I don't know, Jasmine, of course, is very, very young. I don't know whether you've had to punish her or not yet. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you meet people that sort of say, oh, no, 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 you mustn't punish children. You know, they're innocent. 
And I always say that people that think that children don't need to be disciplined are usually people that have not had children themselves. Because it's so strange, you know, with even at a young age, there's something in that child that wants it make it go the wrong way. You tell the child not to do something and it wants to do it. And of course we know that the reason for all that is because there is a sinful nature in all of us. But we know that discipline and punishment, and of course there's different ways of doing that, but we know that it is absolutely important for the growth and development of children. I remember hearing about um, an orphanage where there was a man there who was in charge of the orphanage and uh, this man had some children of his own and he was also looking after a lot of other children in the orphanage and one day one of the children in the orphanage came to this man and said you know you don't really love us and the man said look I I, I provide all your needs, food, clothes, what, what do you need? And this boy said, you know, when your child does something wrong, you are ready to discipline your child, but you don't discipline us. And now you might say, what, what's that got to do with God as Father? Well, simply because the Bible tells us that God as our Father, sometimes He also has to chastise, discipline and punish us. And Hebrews 12 tells us all about that. But it tells us this, the fact that God is doing that is a proof that we are his children. Because if we weren't, he wouldn't treat us in that way. It's all part of his love towards us. Because he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And sometimes the only way to change us and to make us the people that he wants us to be is through discipline. But then very quickly there's another practical implication and that is what I've put down here. Family members. If God is my father, and he's put me into a spiritual family, 
նրան չեմ կարող տեսնեմ but he says you can see me in jesus բայց ասում է դուք ինձ կարող եք տեսնեք հիսուսի մեջ and jesus is like a visual picture of what we're supposed to be եւ հիսուսը այն պատկերն է որին նման պետք է լինենք մենք true man is be made in the image of god մարդը ստեղծվել է աստծո պատկերի մեջ so that's why the bible says that god's plan for our lives is to change us so that we become like jesus ամենայնակ <Sessizlik> So as we close how do we get in? Well, how did Jasmine into this family? She was born into it. And it's the same with us. We are born into the family of God. And that's the invitation that God gives to us first of all. եւ այս կոչումն է որ աստված տալիս է մեզ հրավերը that we respond to his love որ աշտահայտենք իր սիրո դիմաց by turning from our sins մեր մեղքերից վերադառնանք հետեւեցնենք his love through what he's done for us on the cross through christ սիրո միջոցով ընդունենք իր կատարյալ գործը որ խաչի վրա արել է մեզ համար and when we come to him he does two things եւ երբ որ մենք հանձնվում ենք նրան երկու բան է կատարում ներ ներում է մեր մեղքերը and he puts his spirit into our hearts եւ իր սուրբ հոգին դնում է մեր սրտերի մեջ եւ ոչ թե գրում է մեզ ընտանիքի մեջ that's how we get it այս տեսով ենք մենք մտնում նրա հոգևոր ընտանիքի մեջ and then for those of us that are his children նրանք որ իր զավակներն են he wants us every day to live in the light of this truth that god you are my father ուզում է ամեն օր ապրենք հիշելով այս ճշմարտությունը որ աստված եմ դու իմ հայրսը help me to live for your glory ընդունեմներ Let's just have a moment of quiet as we draw to a close. Just allow the spirit of God just to speak to our hearts if he has spoken to us in any way. Just to ask ourselves, you know, am I really in the family of God? Am I enjoying the security that brings when I know I belong to him? Աշտոք վայելում եմ այդ մտքի ապահովությունը որ ասունդանիքի մեջ լինելը կարող է տալ ինձ 
do I respect and honor him in my living? What about my attitude to others around who are my brothers and sisters in Christ? What about the family likeness? Do people that know me know that I am a child of God? we do thank you for this wonderful truth we thank you for your love towards us it really is a special kind of love but we thank you that you accept us as we are and not only have you declared us righteous in your sight you've adopted us as your children. We praise you and we thank you for that. And we ask Lord that you will help each one of us to live for the for your honor and for your glory. And to demonstrate day by day the reality of knowing you as our Father. Amen.